Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Well, good evening. We, we appreciate your generosity. You're welcome to be seated. And uh, we're, we're excited. Uh, we're, so, uh, we're, we're so amazed by what God is doing uh, in this church. And uh, just uh, each and every service, we're blown away. Um, by what, what God is doing. And so I'm, uh, I'm hopeful and expectant tonight uh, that God will move here through the message that he's put on my heart. Can we just pray together before, uh, before we get started? Would you just lift your hands? Uh, you can stay seated. Just lift your hands all over this room. And let's, ask, uh, let's ask God to just be with us. Uh, so let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And Father, we acknowledge your presence here tonight. We acknowledge the Holy Spirit that is present and tangible in this place right now. And I pray, Father, even in this moment, God, that we begin to set aside every distraction, the things that are tugging for our attention right now, God, that, that we would just set them aside. And I pray that you would open up the hearts and the minds of the people of God tonight to hear your heart behind this message. We thank you, God, for your truth. We thank you, God, for the revelation through your word. And I pray, God, that you would move the, the only way you can. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, uh, thank you so much, Daisy. Uh, how many of you guys appreciate Daisy? We love Daisy. Um, so we're in, uh, we're in Christmas season, and I was thinking about this. Uh, those of you that are, uh, that, that, um, that are anxious about it, um, you have 19 days, and then I thought about it, and I, I thought, well, you actually don't have 19 days till Christmas. You have 18 days till Christmas because this day is already gone, and unless you're shopping on Amazon, uh, you only have 18 more days uh, to, uh, to go and do your Christmas shopping. Hopefully, I didn't uh, add any anxiety to anybody in the room. But, uh, but it's evident, you know, the, the, the Christmas season is here, and uh, um, you have to pray for me on this. I listen to Sirius XM, and uh, I listen to, uh, what is it? It's uh, uh, Smokey Robinson's Soulful Channel, whatever that is. And uh, the other day, I realized that it all changed to holiday music. I was like, where, where is this at? And it's all holiday music. But, um, but this is the reality, is that everywhere we go, there's a worship service. There's a praise service going in every single retail store that you go to. As you hear this holiday music, and uh, and and really, uh, there's a lot of excitement, and there's there's a great opportunity for us to get with family, uh, to get with friends, and to uh, express our love through generosity and gift giving and all that stuff. And we participate in that. That's okay. Uh, but really, uh, the the heart of of the season, uh, and and I guess I'll be a little cliche here, is is Jesus is truly the reason for the season. And so when we think about uh, Christmas, and we think about the story of Christmas, uh, uh, the Son of God, Jesus, the Messiah, coming as, as a baby, uh, there's, there's this word that's not used uh, very often, and that's the Advent. And uh, when you think about this, uh, you, can't, you can't necessarily celebrate uh, the coming of the Messiah as a child without thinking about his second return. And uh, evangelist uh, Victor Dandridge, uh, this Sunday, he said it uh, kind of in a passing statement, but it hit me uh, in my head like, uh, like it hadn't in, in some time. And he said, we still believe that Jesus is coming back. Now, when he said that to me, I, I immediately started to think of all the people that I know uh, that are not walking with the Lord. Uh, 
I, I began to think about uh, uh, some of my family, some of my friends, and some of my coworkers, and I thought about this reality, and sometimes we just kind of go through life without really uh, having this at the forefront of our mind, but during the season, I want to encourage you, as we're, uh, as we're in the season, as we're celebrating, uh, understand that uh, we are also in, in, in an expectation, waiting, uh, hopefully and excitedly, about the or for the second coming of the Messiah. Now, uh, the prophet Isaiah, he, he writes uh, one of the most classic of all Old Testament stories and the prophecies about uh, th this, this coming Christ. And the passage that he writes about, uh, and we'll read it soon, is, is basically born out of this very, very dark place uh, in the history of the children of Israel. The world had felt uh, what was just filled with darkness. It, was, it, it had felt the, the full weight of sin uh, that, that the children of Israel Israel had allowed in, in their lives and, uh, and had completely broken the covenant and, and, and the relationship that the children of Israel had with God. And, uh, and, and so what Isaiah is writing in this, uh, in this passage is really this, this hopeful expectation of the Messiah that he would return and that he would restore everything back into proper order. And I think even today in, in the society that we're living in, we look around and we see all the brokenness. We see the chaos. We see uh, the craziness in, in some cases. And, uh, and, and, we, and we, we sit here and we're hopeful and we're waiting for deliverance. We're waiting for something to change. Something's got to give. How many of you feel like that? Like there's, something's got to give eventually. It can't just continue to be this way. And so really the birth of Jesus and the birth of the Messiah was a fulfillment of this prophecy that offers us uh, this, this hope that we have in Christ. So uh, uh, um, Isaiah 9, uh, 2 through 7 the, the Bible says this. It says, uh, if you've got it there, yeah, there we go. Uh, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Now, I'm going to pause right there and give you a little bit of context here. Now, what, what Isaiah is talking about, really, it's this kind of this theme that he's talking about of darkness and light. And he's using this kind of contrast. And then he starts talking about those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Now, um, what he's talking about here in this theme uh, is what, uh, what uh, uh, literature calls a motif. And that motif is basically speaking about uh, uh, God's creative, transformative power, and really that he is the only one that's able to do this. Now, this darkness that he's referring to is, uh, is in the region where the Assyrian armies had completely and utterly destroyed the children of God. And so understand that what he's speaking into is a place that's been decimated by rulers that are heavy-handed and that have, have, uh, um, have brought darkness and death into their camp. And so here he is giving a word uh, of, of hope that's to come eventually. And, and so he goes on, he says, uh, you will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice 
at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. Now, understand this. There's a gap between verses 2 and 3. That gap is almost 2,000 years if you understand this. He's talking about a dark place, a time where, uh, where the world is dark and full of sin. And now he's talking about there will be a time where, uh, where, where uh, you will enlarge the nation of Israel. Its people will rejoice. He's talking about this time of triumph. And what he's referring to is this coming Messiah. Verse 4 says, For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Now, uh, if you understand, if you read the Bible and understand uh, uh, the, the, the context here, what he's referring to, he's talking about this, uh, uh, the, this breaking of yoke and slavery and breaking the oppressor's rod. What he's referring to in Midian is the deliverance of Gideon when he overcame the Midianites. Now, you may know the story that Gideon, there was 300, and he went up against an army of 135,000. Those odds are impossible. Would you agree with that? And so, and so what, what Isaiah is referencing is that against all odds, God will come through. Against all odds, our hope is that Christ will come through and provide deliverance for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. I realize that life is hard. I realize that things are going on in our lives. But against those odds, against the impossible, God is able to make things possible. Now, now I'm, I'm here tonight, and I'm a living testimony where I've experienced this in my life. I wonder how many of you have experienced that in your life, where it just seemed like things were just never, it was never going to work out. There was no way it was going to work out. We needed a miracle. Anybody ever experienced that? And God's come through. And so here it is. Uh, uh, um, uh, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying. He's speaking a word of life into a, uh, a situation that's of death. It goes on and says in chapter or verses 5 uh, and 6, The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They'll be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. So he says all of this is going to happen because there's going to be a child, a Messiah, that's going to usher in uh, the hope of this world. And, and if you understand in verse 6, he's talking to two different, uh, two different things. Number one, he says a child is born. He's speaking to the humanity of Jesus. How many of us are so thankful that we have a Savior, uh, one that can identify with us, has, has, has lived through the agony and the hurt, has felt the pain that we felt, has lived uh, with, with the circumstances of this life, and can understand exactly where you're at. How many times have you been in a place where you felt completely alone? No one can identify with what I'm going, what, what I'm going through. And then there's Jesus. And there's, there's a Holy Spirit that's just there to comfort us. And, to, and, 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 and understand what's going on. The second thing that he's talking about here. It says a son is given. And, and what the prophet Isaiah is speaking to is the deity. We understand that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. And he's, he's, he's prophesying this. He goes on to say, to say this. He says, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. How many of us are, how many of us are thankful that God is all-knowing? 
that, that God understand that, that God is all knowing. Uh, he knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what's going on in your mind. Uh, again, there's times in our lives where we feel like no one can understand what I'm going through. I'm here to tell you that he is the wonderful counselor. He is all knowing. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you need. And he's working it out uh, just as his word says. It goes on to say he's mighty God. How many of us are, uh, are thankful that God is all powerful? That when he makes a promise, he could actually fulfill the promise that he's made. He has the ability to. He's, uh, he has the power to. He has the resources to come through for you. There's times in my life where, uh, you know, I want to do something really, really great, uh, maybe for a loved one, my child, or something like that, and I just don't have the resources to do it. I desire to do it. If I could, I would, uh, but I can't do it. But how many of us are thankful that God is able to do exactly what it is that we need him to do, and he'll come through time and time and time again. Uh, he goes on to call him the everlasting father. Uh, uh, he's talking about the omnipresence of God, the everlasting father. He's, he, he, there, there are no bounds where he's at. You can't run from him. I, I love, the, I, I love uh, uh, David. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Uh, I can't hide from your spirit. And many of us, there's been times in our lives where we've tried to run from God or we've tried to hide from God. And, uh, and, and, and the, uh, the, the peace to know that we have an eternal father that will come chasing after us wherever we're at and he'll pick us up from wherever we're at and he'll, and, and he'll, and he'll hold us uh, firm. He goes on to call him the prince of peace. Verse 7, his government and its peace will never end. How many of us are thankful for that? He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity the passionate commitment of the Lord uh, of heaven's armies will make this happen. And I, I want to tell you here tonight that this is a promise. This is not, uh, it's not the preacher saying that. It's not some man saying that. But this is Almighty God, the one that is all-knowing, the one that is all-powerful, the one that is everywhere, is making this promise to you and I. And he's making this commitment that, he, that, that he'll reign in eternity and we could reign with him. Now the backdrop of Isaiah's writings was was really uh, was really due to poor leadership. If you read that story and understand what was going on in the context, there was four evil uh, kings that would kind of led them down into this place of of, uh, of slavery with the Assyrians. It was just poor leadership, and so the people of Israel had been suffering through uh, these different ungodly kings. This this kind of uh, uh, um, this leadership that just led. Them them uh, completely astray. They were completely corrupt and, and just led them far from God. It was a very, very dark time in the history of Israel. And it's funny because uh, we, we, we often look at our society and we say, man, it's so evil now. Uh, but I mean, you think about uh, not too long ago in the Roman, uh, in the Roman Empire, how evil things were. You, you look back even further to, to this time and how evil it was. And so uh, every kind of every time period, every, every history and time it's felt so, so bad, but God has been consistent, and God has always come through each and every time. But in this case, the kingdom was crumbling, and the people needed some kind of hope. They needed to be able to look towards something that was going to happen uh, to, to help them out of this. And so uh, the, the passage that we're looking at in Isaiah, the first thing is an, a, a clear acknowledgement that there was complete brokenness and really hopelessness that was going on 
in, in, that, uh, in, in, in that time period. The second thing is that, uh, this is the great thing, is that there was a hope of an expectation of a Savior that was going to come and resolve and rectify and set things straight for the children of God. See, the Jewish people in the Old Testament, they needed these words to remind them and, uh, uh, that God had not forgotten about them. And so you think about this. Uh, you come to church on Sunday, uh, maybe two services, and on Wednesday, and you do that over and over and over again. And maybe you question yourself. You say, why am I going so, so often? I, I don't think much has changed. I think the people of God still need to be reminded of the faithfulness of God time and time again as we stand up here and as we exhort you or encourage you to keep your faith in God, that God is faithful. Just like that, uh, the Jewish people needed it again. And so there was this prophet that was, that was raised uh, uh, with the Spirit of God to deliver the message. If we look at the book of Matthew, it also refers to, uh, to Isaiah. And Matthew was making a connection between what Isaiah had prophetically uh, written and what was taking place in Bethlehem. In Matthew 1, 22 and 23, the Bible says this. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Verse 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And so we know the story of uh, we know we we know the story of Joseph and Mary. We know that uh, Joseph uh, was was uh, um, was confronted with a with a predicament, and uh, what was he going to keep his fiance Mary, or was he going to set her aside and, and go on with his life? We know uh, that uh, that that he surrendered or he submitted uh, to the will of God in that, and took Mary as his wife, and uh, and and went. And and uh, um, uh, married her, and, uh, and and was part really was part of the story of of salvation for all of mankind, and this is this is. Uh, a fact that each and every one of us, I think, could hold on to, that God has ways of making uh, known his mind or his plans or his will in doubtful situations. When things don't seem to, seem things are not lining up. It, it just doesn't add up. God has a way to kind of hint towards his providence, hint towards, hey, I got this worked out. Just trust in me. Just wait on me. Just, just, just follow me. Just be faithful just uh, stay in place and watch that I won't work these things out for you. I think Joseph was found in the same place. Like, man, this doesn't make sense. Uh, I, I, I need to figure it out on my own. I need to start making my own path. And, and thankfully... He was, uh, he, he was uh, uh, sensitive, and he listened to the word of the Lord, and he stayed, and we see, we see how God worked it all out. Now, all of these events took place to fulfill this, this prophecy in this Old Testament, which claimed there would be a child born as a light in the darkness and a hope for all people. So the child would be named Emmanuel, which means God is with us even in the midst of darkness. I think that's important to emphasize that it doesn't matter what's going on in your life necessarily, that Emmanuel, that God is with us. doesn't matter what you're facing in life. I understand it hurts. I understand it's hard. I understand it feels like it's gut-wrenching. I understand it feels like you're not going to make it through. But the promise that is that Emmanuel, God is with us, that God will hold us strong, that God will walk with us, that God will hold us up. 
This is the promise. And so there's darkness even when, uh, even when things seem to be chaotic. And the center of the Christmas story is focused directly on the birth of Jesus. And he's the fulfillment of Israel's, uh, of, of Israel's uh, Savior and this Messiah and this prophecy that was spoken of. That God would destroy the darkness. That God would illuminate the darkness and shine this great light of hope into the world. And so one of the reasons the Christmas resonates in our hearts is because we live in a world just like Israel. It's dark. We have situations that, are, that, that we're facing, that we're dealing with, we're trying to resolve or reconcile in our lives. And so just like the children of Israel in a place of darkness where they needed some, some, some ray of sunshine, uh, here it is that we have, uh, we have the gospel message that brings hope and, and brings uh, resolve into our lives so that we can we can move forward. See, the fact of the matter is that there's wars breaking out all over the place. There's, uh, there's sicknesses and diseases that all of us have been impacted by, whether that was directly or indirectly. All of these things are going on all around us, and we too need this, this, uh, this hope of a Savior, this hope of, of some sort of relief uh, that we can look forward to. And Christmas this season is a reminder that whatever it is that we're, that, that we're looking for, uh, if you're looking for healing, if you're looking for restoration maybe in your relationships and families, I think during this time there's, there's, there's a lot of things that get emphasized. Um, maybe there's a broken relationship that needs restoration. Maybe this, uh, maybe this holiday it's going to be a, your first holiday without a loved one. Whatever the situation is, man, we, we just we, we need to be able to have something to hold on to. And I, I want to encourage you that God is with us, that Emmanuel is with us and he'll give us the peace he'll give us the strength to move forward this is the reality that the promise is not absent of conflict so when I sit here and I tell you all these things there's probably some of you that are sitting in this room and saying yeah but you have no idea what I'm facing uh, what I'm telling you, the message and the, and the promise is not absent of conflict. There are things that are real in your life. There are things that, that, that seem hopeless or seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you, regardless of that situation, that God is with us and that we have to hold firm to God. It's the result of God's presence in our lives. See, the, the hard part about hope is that, uh, uh, or this expectation of deliverance, is that it often takes longer than we're willing to wait. How many of us like to wait? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. It, it, so, you, you know, you're, 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 you're sitting out there and you say, well, uh, Pastor Isaac, if God is all-powerful and God is all-knowing, why does he make us wait? Well, maybe God's working something out in you. Maybe God's working something out in you. But this is the hardest part of, of, of this waiting and this faithfulness thing is that uh, it requires patience. We have to wait on God. Uh, I, I I read this story. Uh, we could put uh, we we could put the the picture up that I sent to the team, uh, and I'll, I'll read this to you. So. Uh, um, there's a plant called a century plant that thrives in rocky, dry, and mountainous desert locations and grows leaves that uh, grow to be a foot wide. This plant can reach 12 feet in diameter. 
uh, and grow to be six feet tall, uh, perhaps its most unusual trait is its long reproduction cycle. So let, let me, let, let me uh, just, just kind of listen to this so you don't miss it. For 20 to 30 years, this plant remains the same height and has no flowers. 20 to 30 years, okay? 20 to 30 years. But suddenly, without warning, a new bud will sprout. Resembling a tree trunk-sized asparagus spear, it will rise into the sky at a rate of seven inches per day. So 20 to 30 years, nothing. It'll just stay like this. 20 to 30 years. And then all of a sudden, for no apparent reason, somewhere between 20 and 30 years, this thing will just start to sprout. And it will start to sprout at the rate of seven inches per day. It'll, it'll sprout at seven inches per day until it reaches 20 to 40 feet tall. Out of nowhere, 20, 30 years, you're, I don't know if you're watering it because it's in the desert, but you're looking at it or you're passing by. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, for no apparent reason, something happens. And so just like the century plant, some of the greatest answers to our prayers and our longing and our suffering and our travailing in prayer take time and patience to see the beauty unfold. And I, I wonder, as you're looking at this picture, I wonder how many of us have a prayer request. How many of us are going before God to, to ask God for deliverance for a situation or ask God to restore a situation or resolve a, 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 an issue? And I, I'm here to tell you to continue to contend in prayer for that because God is working it out. There, there's, there's been so many people that I've talked to here recently uh, that are just looking for some sort of deliverance. They're looking for some sort relief, and I, I, uh, I say this often, is, hey, we're just going to trust God. Now, one of the most irritating things I've ever heard uh, from my pastor, when I, when I go to him with a situation, I say, pastor, we, I, I, I need this to be resolved. I need this to, I, I, we need to figure this out, and uh, guess what Pastor Omar tells me? He says, uh, he says hey, we're just going to trust God. Let's pray, and I said, yeah, let's do that, and then what are we going to do after that? And, uh, um, and I've seen it. I, I've, I've seen it where we've leaned into prayer and just waiting on God for his deliverance. Uh, just like this century plan. It feels like 30 years. I mean, it feels like a lifetime that I'm waiting for it. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God just shows up and just turns everything around. And so understand this, that uh, it's, it's a longing, it's a travailing, it's a waiting on God. Understanding that God is working things out in his own time. I love the scriptures says that in his own time, he makes all things beautiful. And so your situation might be ugly. It might be broken. It might be, uh, it might feel like it's completely destroyed. But remember, in his time, God makes all things beautiful. And so Isaiah saw that one day in this future, he saw it prophetically, he was proclaiming it in faith that God would bring salvation, that God would bring order back to something that was completely broken. And it wasn't until hundreds of, hundreds of years later that Matthew recorded this birth of the Messiah, this fulfilling of this prophecy. And Jesus is the very presence of God on earth. He offers forgiveness of sin, destruction of evil, and the promise of eternal life. How many of us are thankful for that? So why do we read Isaiah's prophecy every single year during Christmas? It's because seeing the faithfulness of God in the past gives us a deep sense of gratitude, a deep sense of expectation that God, if you did it then, 
I know you'll do it again. And I've experienced this in my life that, that God, man, I, I remember uh, where you found me. I was broken. I was jacked up. I mean, I was, uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, just wrote me off. There's no hope for this guy. Uh, and, and, and God, just little by little, began to work in my life. I, can, I, I, I began to surrender things, and God just turned it all around. And so this is why we preach this message. This is why you come back week after week to hear this message so that we're reminded of God. God's faithfulness and not to give up. See, the Apostle Paul made an appeal to, uh, for hope uh, of salvation uh, to those who trusted in Christ as he wrote this letter in Romans 15, verse 4. He says this, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scripture gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. And so Paul said that everything had to be written in the past. All the prophecy and fulfillment had to be, uh, had to be recorded um, so that we could go back and read and see the faithfulness of God. And so tonight I, I'm, I'm here really as, as one that's prophetically declaring to you that God is faithful, that God will come through for you, that God will work out your situation if we'll just trust. If we'll just trust. And so really we need to make this faith and this gospel message the center of everything that we do through this holiday season, through this Christmas season. And with all the distractions of, of this season, this message is a reminder that, that Jesus came and he's coming again. That's the reality. I mean, everything that we're doing, if you're pursuing education, you're pursuing a career, you're pursuing relationships, those are not bad things, but understand that Christ is coming a second time. Christ is coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. See, th this, this, in this season, and, and I'm closing, we could, have, we could have the worship team come up. Um, in this season, I, 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 was thinking of, I was thinking about this, and um, uh, life is tough. Life is hard. It's full of tragedy, quite honestly. I was, I was speaking to uh, a colleague um, that I reconnected with, and uh, he let me know that uh, his four-year-old da four daughter uh, passed away in a freak accident about a month ago, about 30 days ago. And, um, and I, I thought to myself, uh, my gosh, what do I say to this man? And he's broken, and he's and and he's he's trying to hold back tears. But how would you hold back tears in, in something like that? Um, I was I was talking to another person, um, and uh, just just felt completely hopeless, just dark, going through a, a rough season in, in in his life and his business and and physically, and and just can't see can't see uh, um, can't see any future. And, uh, and, and, and I remember just sitting with him and, and talking with him and praying with him and telling him that God is faithful. That's the message, that God is faithful, that God, uh, that, that God will be with you, that God will hold you up. Most recently, some of you guys know that uh, uh, November 10th, uh, um, at 26 weeks, uh, my daughter, my 25-year-old daughter, gave birth to my first grandchild, my first grandbaby, Mila. And um, there was complications with, with the pregnancy, and uh, uh, she had to give emergency birth, and she gave birth to Mila, and Mila had a heartbeat, uh, but didn't make it. And uh, I remember 
I remember dri- we're driving, we're, we're an hour and a half away, and um, I'm, I, I'm just in a blur. And I walk in and I see Alyssa uh, there, and um, she's got Mila on her chest. Um, and Mila's there and she's lifeless. And I didn't know what to say. And, you know, as a, as a father, as a man, you're supposed to be the person with all the answers. You're supposed to be the person that's speaking life into situations. And I was completely speechless. I, I didn't know what to say. I was weeping, obviously. I was, I was broken. We were broken as a family. Um, I had no words. And, and I'm trying to think of the right combinations of words that would console, uh, console her, uh, console my son-in-law. And uh, I had nothing. And I just felt so broken and lost and confused in that moment. And we were together for some time, and, and uh, uh, there's worship music on, and, and uh, we're, just, we're just trying to allow uh, the peace of God um, just to be there in that moment. And um, there was only a couple of words that I could, that I could muster up and, um, as, as we prayed, but I told, I told Alyssa, I said, that God is faithful. And it's, it's insane to, to say that or to think that or to, to believe that in a situation that seems so hopeless, that death, it feels like death is won. And uh, I told her, I said, I said baby, uh, God is faithful. And our hope, our hope in Christ is that we'll see Mila again. That's what we believe. And so tonight as we're considering all, all of these things and said a lot of things and and I, I I realized in the holiday season man things are tough November 10th uh, Mila was born she was born in with a heartbeat and she didn't she didn't make it uh, November 27th that was three days after Thanksgiving uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving uh, we laid her little body to rest and I say all that to say that m- my hope for the future is that not only will I see Mila again, but I'll see my mom, my dad, my grandmother, all of these that have gone before us. And our hope is that Christ came for that. Christ enabled that in our lives. And so tonight, as we're as as we're wrap, as we're wrapping this, I, I'm going to ask if you would close uh, close uh, bow your heads and close your eyes with me, and I, I want you to consider a couple of things. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.